0: Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. This is your host, Bear, and today's guest is Joshua Lysak. He's the world's only award-winning celebrity ghostwriter. He's the founder of the Entrepreneur's Wordsmith, a multiple-time international best-selling ghostwriter, a Forbes contributor, a TEDx speaker, a two-time published novelist. Since 2011, Joshua has ghostwritten 40 books and has featured in TED, BBC uh, Radio London, Founder, American Express, and Yahoo, just to name a few. In this episode, we are going to talk about is ghostwriting ethical? What can it do for you, your, for your brand, and your business? And what's involved? And how do you make a decision from a ghostwriting perspective of an idea that a client brings, which is ready to be turned into a book? So let's welcome Joshua. <laughs> Well, today we have uh, Joshua. Joshua is a celebrity uh, ghostwriter and um, he's done so much that I can't fit it on one paper. He's been on TED, he's been on BBC London Radio, Um, you know, he's featured with Yahoo and American Express and some of the big brands. And you know what, I'll let you do the introduction. So for the people that don't know Joshua, how would you introduce yourself? Yes.
1: Yes. Glad to be here today. Uh, As you said, I'm Joshua Lysak. I am the only award-winning celebrity recommended number one international best-selling certified professional ghostwriter in the world. I've written over 40 books for everyone from your A-list celebrity types, your household name entrepreneurs, on down to great grandma who wants to share what it was like to grow up during the war.
0: Wow. Awesome. It's, it's interesting. I, I have a lot of questions around that. And I did um, an interview with a ghostwriter before, but these were the, some of the things that were kind of left over. And I really want to ask you because your scale is a bit more grand. So, first of all, how did that journey start? I mean, one doesn't think I'm going to write books for others, they think I'm going to write my own story. And how did that journey start of you, uh, your interest in, in writing? And, and in, yeah,
1: so share that story. Yes, yes. So I did not intend to actually become a ghostwriter. I set out to write my own books, and that's exactly what I did. It was uh, an early ambition of mine as a youngster that I would write my own books one day. And in fact, I did. I had a two-book deal when I was 20 years old, and I was promoting those books and signing them and doing book fairs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Meanwhile, I started a freelance writing business to kind of have a little side hustle income. This is before people even knew what the word side hustle was. (laughs) That wasn't even a thing yet. So I have these freelance writing clients on the side. I'm going about promoting my books. And unbeknownst to me, a couple of my clients check out my books, my my novels, and they're like, Joshua this these are really good. Can you help me write my book? And I was like, you know, I think I'm I'm my own author. Thank you very much. I don't know that there's A profession where you get paid to hire or you get paid to write someone else's book. Didn't even know that ghostwriting was a thing yet. But a couple of clients persisted, and I've been saying, okay, fine, yes, I'll help you write your book ever since that first conversation. And I said, yes, fine, okay, I'll help you write your book.
0: Right. When you're picking up clients, and generally, what's your feel on, you know, ghostwriting itself? I mean, when I think about it or I speak to people, they say that's not ethical. And we know that there's a lot of people that are not very articulate in the way they want to get their ideas on paper. And ghostwriting purely does not mean, you know, as far as I understand it, that you tell someone, I want to write a book about money and then there you go and off they go and they write a book and they give it to you. I'm sure that involves um, you know, a lot of steps, a lot of process. And how do you know if this person's idea is good? How is it not? So in terms of What's the view on, on, you know, when it comes to write, uh, book writing? What's the view on like ghost writing? Is it ethical? Is it moral? Should, should people do it? Shouldn't they
1: do it? Yes, I like to think of it this way. Uh, at, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and they believe in working on their business more than in their business. In the same way, as a ghostwriter, it's my job to help my authors work on their book, not in their book. Especially for people who, who, are, who are, have a limited time, they can't get up at five every day and stay at their computer for three hours for months and months on end and help for something. Comes out, they have other things to do. You know? And with regard to ethics, it just makes sense to have someone else handle your books as a business person, let an accountant take care of it. In the same way, it makes sense to have someone help and, and uh, delegate your book to someone else. Because at the end of the day, it's still all of your ideas, your stories, your experiences. When I'm working with the client, what, we, what we'll do is we'll source, we'll repurpose material they already have from everything from email newsletters to interviews they've given to uh, courses that they've created, speeches that they've given. So we're not starting, frankly, from scratch with their material. We also have uh, a call for an hour for a couple of months to get additional material. So they can just show up, work on their book, talk through it, strategize, here's what I want to say. And let someone else worry about, where does this adverb go? You have so much better things to do, so many better things to do than, should I use this adverb, should I not use this adverb? There's a common go here, Does a not go here. That's just like granular, minuscule, that's the same as being an entrepreneur who's doing data entry. You just, there's, there's no reason that you should be doing that. It needs to be done right by a qualified professional, a certified professional, but there's no reason to do it yourself.
0: And then how do you differentiate between the two? Like, you know, if, if two people come, they'll have, I won't say exactly the same journey, but similar journey. And then how do you make that person stand out compared to compared to the other ones? A couple of
1: things. Um, everyone has their own objective for what their book is. I always like to mention the author of Guerrilla Marketing, a really popular book for, for small business owners to entrepreneurs for no-cost advertising. And the author, whose name was Jake Conrad Levinson, Levinson once said, that he made $10 million off of his book. And it just so happens that only about 30,000 of it was actually from book sales. The remaining 9.9 million was spinoff books, consulting, coaching, speaking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so when an author comes to me, I want them to adopt that mindset. Shift from, I got to sell millions of copies to, yes, I can make a million bucks, but I have to be strategic about this. So do you want your book to lead to speaking engagements, paid speaking engagements? Do you want your book to lead in to people buying your course? If you have a course, for example, hiring you for -for done-for-you services, for coaching, for consulting, for a mastermind program. So we have to get clear on what the journey is to to ascend inside of your business for your readers. So that's one thing. That that determines how we shape the content, where this thing is going to go, how we take readers along this little journey. Another thing that we want to get clear on is what is that author's goal in their book idea? What is that that sparkling beauty in their book idea that hasn't been seen before? And one of the ways we do this is we go and look at verified reader feedback on books that are like yours, but people have already read. In other words, what are your future readers saying about other books, be it on Amazon or on Goodreads? or on Barnes and Noble. What are they saying? What do they love about those books? What disappointed them about those books? And what do they specifically say, even on down to, I bought this book to learn ABC. I got only a paragraph from this book on the topic of ABC. I just I want a book that gives me the step by steps for how to do ABC. So that tells you in your book, because you're writing in this category, if you're if you have expertise on ABC topic, you should probably talk about ABC and go in depth on that. And that sort of feedback looks a little bit different for everyone because there's a primary book category, there's a secondary book category, and we can use that feedback that your future readers are giving on other books and then implement it. And then you have a unique book idea that fills the gaps in the market while also accomplishing the objective that you've set out to achieve as an author.
0: A lot of people, from what I understand from what you're saying is, and you know I've done, recently finished my book and I'm publishing soon. A book has now become a tool to, you know, a, a part of a tool for your business. You know, it helps help you get clients, helps you put in a certain place like a thought leader. A lot of more and more people are watching videos these days, and uh, so where do books really stand? Do they still have the same kind of value, or is, are you better off creating, I don't know, a series of videos and putting it out there compared to books? I mean, I personally really like books. There's just something about them. Video is too passive. You know, it's easier if you want to have, you know, you don't have much time, but I still like books, but a lot of people,
1: majority of the people don't read books. So where where does that stand? Well, interestingly enough, what's becoming popular now and for for people who aren't typically the readers of books is audiobooks. 20% of all book sales, it's the audio edition. If you go and look at any top competitive Amazon book category, like let's say internet marketing, half of the bestsellers are the audio edition of the book. So people who don't read books are actually just listening listen to the books now. So that's another another avenue for the reading experience that's now coming out, popular and is now available to people who don't typically read. With regard to is it smart to do this versus something else, a book is kind of like the Bible of your brand, the holy scripture of your business, your expertise, and you're able to package your greatest hits, so to speak, all in one place it's a it's a tool that opens a lot of doors I'll give you an example a friend of mine I'm at, at a um, uh, at a conference out west on the west coast here in the United States he had given the keynote speech at this convention at this conference and obviously he got paid very well for it it was a great experience for him and I was talking to him later about how he won the gig. He said he mailed a copy of his book to the Organizers of the event, to the people who are selecting the speakers, the selection committee. And they said that they were so impressed with this book that they had to bring him on and have him speak. He later asked them, he said, So, what about my book did you like? And they said, Well, we didn't actually read the book. We just checked out the back cover and you sounded like you knew what you were talking about. We looked you up and said, Yeah, you really are credible. So, that one experience of, Oh, wow, this person has a 300 page book on their expertise. It must be really good. That alone has a lot of weight in other industries i have i have clients who they don't even sell their book or promote their book that much on amazon or other websites they just have a few copies and they mail it to their dream 100 prospects and they get uh, sales meetings with decision makers that they otherwise would not have had an avenue to get so that 300 pages of expertise of transformative experiences that has a lot of weight that just that that perception of credibility authority and the go to expert that you are, there isn't really an equivalent for, for videos or webinars because you're the person who gets to say, I wrote the book on my industry.
0: Wow. That's very impressive to just, you know, secure a deal on, on the basis of someone reading the back of your book. So I think in people's mind it's still, you know, holding a physical book gives you that, you know, that weight rather than just a business card or a website or that's very interesting to see. And and how do you you know if you want to work with a ghostwriter, how would you choose one? What questions would you ask? Because you can't ask for testimonials, because most people will say no. So it's a, it's a kind of a chicken and egg. It goes in a circle. So how do you know that you're working with the right person? How would you find one?
1: You know that's actually a, a, an interesting topic. About eighty percent of my of my clients we have a non disclosure confidentiality agreement in place, but not everyone I do because many of them have gone out and said hey, I actually want to tell you the world about my, my writer, Joshua. And so now that our relationship is no longer covered by that confidentiality agreement, that non-disclosure, so now it's public. And we've done quite a few testimonial videos, actually case studies. So on my website, I have about a dozen authors of mine who are featured, their success stories. Hey, I became a number one international bestseller. Hey, I sold 30,000 copies over the first three months. Hey, my book produced $1 million in revenue over the last 12 months. So. We had these confidentiality agreements, but the re- authors were so impressed by the results that they were moved to basically, re- you know, kind of remove the confidentiality from the picture and publicly um, support me and the work that I was able to do for them. So that's one one sign of a quality ghostwriter that their clients are so happy with it. At least a few of them are so happy with the results that they will remove the uh, non-disclosure agreement, the confidentiality agreement by sharing publicly work you did i have so many books i've written where even the authors have dedicated it to me or they've at least mentioned my role in the process they call me joshua's the x factor in this book making it come to be mentioning that in the acknowledgments for example so having authors that are willing to come out and, and go outside of that that's one thing to look for another thing is a track record of books that do things and this could be true whether or not the author or ghostwriter rather. Has, uh, has authors who have come out and shared about their relationship. So by track record, can you point to specific case studies of how you wrote a book that changed a person's life, their business, their brand, their credibility? Was there a before and after moment for them? Uh, there's, there's several very well-known people in the, in the internet marketing space, such as Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vee, he's, he's known as. In his case, 10 years ago, he wasn't kind of that household name that he is today he wrote and published, crush it. And that book was, the, was the, the game changer for his career. After that, through the promotion of that book, came the TED Talks, the, the promotions, the keynote speeches, the social media, everything that is now synonymous with his, his brand, it all started with that book. So are there case studies that you as the ghostwriter can point to where maybe it wasn't quite on that level, but your, your book was more than an expense, but rather it was an asset, a profitable income-producing asset for them. And of course, I have several case studies on my website of how we were able to do that for clients from the, my book made me $1 million, would not have happened without Joshua, to as I promoted my book, I, for the first time now, have a waiting list. I have people booked out through the end of the year because the readers, how are becoming my clients. It's amazing how this works. So those types of case studies are another thing to look for. The third thing to look for uh, if you're an aspiring author who doesn't want to work in your book, but rather on your book, is look for someone with a model, have a specific process. I have the six pillars of influential content. It's the model that every book that is going to persuade people to adopt your ideas and then propel them to take the next step. And that's exactly what authors going to be like. They 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 want the book to be the very beginning of their relationship with their readers. So that's the model that I have. That shows that it's not luck or guesswork or oh you know it just so happens that I wrote this book that was a was a one hit wonder. But rather there's a whole library of success stories, and it's because we use the same model with with every client, regardless of it's it's alternative wellness or if it's or if it's self help or if it's spirituality or if it's business. This one model works. So those are the three things that you want to uh, want to look for. Is you want to look for are there people who are so happy that they'll give a testimonial. Are there uh, specific uh, track record demonstrations of, here's what the the books I've written have done for my clients uh, as ROI, producing return on investment. And then, of course, the last one is, is there a model, a predictable model that they're able to use to maintain a level of success for everything that they write?
0: And and then how do you choose from from your perspective? How does the ghostwriter know that this person is ready? They have some valid idea or is it pretty much... You know, if you want a book, I'll get you a book. So how does it work the other way around as well? Cause, because I might have an idea. It might be a silly idea. And if you flip it around, would it, would it be, how would, how would you put a criteria of saying, yeah, this person's fine. This is not, you're not ready. Maybe develop the idea a bit more.
1: Yes, yes. Every aspiring author I talk to, our first conversation, I call it a manuscript strategy session. It's a free, It's a free experience because the objective is to find, should you be writing a book at all? And what we do is we actually walk through the six pillars of influential content to make sure that your story, your experiences will actually check all six boxes, so to speak. So, for example, the first, the first pillar of, of influential content is credibility. It doesn't necessarily mean like you have the best CV or resume in the world, but rather you have lived experience that demonstrates that you have gone from where your readers are from struggles and challenges and unfulfilled goals to overcoming those challenges, accomplishing those goals and have made progress towards a point that people are willing to pay 20 bucks to learn what you've been able to achieve from you. And of course, there are many people that say, oh, well, actually, I, I haven't really done a whole lot. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still struggling, but I have a good book idea. And it's like, nope, that's, that you're probably not in a, in a position to write a book as an, an actual thought leader, someone who has a story who is credible. So that's one of the first things we want to look at is, are, do you actually have the necessities in place to write influential content, aka a masterpiece of a book? And with regard to credibility, all you need to, to kind of uh, paraphrase Tim Ferriss, all you need is about 10% more progress than the person that you're talking to. And of course, if, if that's not the case, if you're if you're still kind of in the same boat as your readers, it's probably not time to write a book. You need to have that progress you can show and you can write about to show people how you can achieve that same progress towards goal achievement that you have.
0: Right. Okay. So if you can do that for your customers or for, for people to deliver that result, then you're ready to write a book. Okay, well, that's very interesting. And what stops a ghostwriter from not taking your idea and saying, you know, it's a good idea, you've taken it, you can go on and work on it there's always that risk of, you know, you sharing your ideas and that person. Until then, you're not, it's not set in stone. You haven't written, you haven't signed a contract. How do you know? I have heard some horror stories and that's why I share this, where someone's, I know you're not a freelancer, but where they have, you know, had these ideas for a book, they have given, uh, they have uh, at least um, a few pages written for each chapter and they have said like, these are my ideas, let's do it. And then the next thing you know is those, Freelancer has gone missing, and then that book got published in another country. How do you make sure that doesn't happen?
1: Well, it never has, and it never will. There's a couple of reasons why. The, the first one of which is anyone who does have that, that concern, uh, we sign a non-disclosure agreement or confidentiality agreement basically right right out of the gate, for, even before we have the first manuscript strategy session. That way, they feel totally comfortable sharing their, their sample with me uh, or their ideas. So that's that's the first thing that's taken care of because there are some people who come to me, they have an actual first draft of their manuscript and they like want to know, hey, is this, this going to be any good? And so for those types of authors, that's the very first thing that I do is say, say, okay, I'll send you this this document that you can sign and make sure that we're both legally covered in our respective countries or states or provinces, for example, and then I'll review the manuscript. And there's, there's so much about me and my work online that it's not like you're going on the Upwork some Freelance website and putting up, hey, I need help with the book. You know, you're talking to someone with a respected brand who is very well known, who, uh, who has that track record and has a good name, frankly.
0: I always have this question, um, very curious to know, because I love books. I'm a very slow reader. I do spend most of my time with audiobooks, especially coming from a, from a writer. What, what's your favorite book? The one book that you will take away to a desert island.
1: I think I'd have to mention the book that was transformative for me on my journey from side hustler to freelancer to business owner where I am now. And that's a book by Chris Guillebeau called The $100 Startup. The premise of that book is that it doesn't take multiple rounds of raising capital to start and grow a successful, profitable business, even while you have a day job to replace or even augment that income.
0: Right. Awesome. While we're coming towards the end of the show, and is there anything you'd like to share before we end?
1: Yes, I think, I think one thing that would be really helpful for, for, for people, I, if anyone's familiar with the cognitive biases, then you've probably heard of what's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's this concept that a lot of us recognize as imposter syndrome. We've all heard that phrase, I think. And it's where maybe you open up Microsoft Word or a Google Doc, you type chapter one, and you're at this strange paradoxical point. You know what you could write about. You have this vast body of knowledge and yet you're not sure what to write. The first sentence doesn't come, the first paragraph maybe. And when it does, it's so self-censored and self-edited that you can't make heads or tails of what you just wrote. And you're like, I can't share this with my my audience, with my my people. And this is just not going to work. So the one bit of advice I'd like to share is to not censor yourself, not self-edit. So think about, being the boldest, most controversial version of yourself. Imagine you are going to be 100% more offensive than you are in person. Now, that doesn't really mean that you will be offensive and controversial when you write. The idea is to get yourself in a frame of reference or a frame of mind where you are not going to censor yourself or edit yourself. Or I probably shouldn't say that. Oh, that's not true. I should throw words like probably, maybe, occasionally, sometimes, in certain cases, in there remove that sort of verbiage from your dialogue, come on strong and be willing to write in such a way that like, wow, I might piss some people off here. I might anger some people because when you do that, you will come across stronger, more confident, and less like you're apologizing for your own expertise, for your own, your own work. And that's exactly what the Dunning-Kruger effect is, is that people who are true go-to experts Tend to question themselves a lot more and doubt their own expertise. Whereas all these gurus that we see today in our Facebook feeds and on YouTube and on Instagram, they come on strong like, "Hey, I have this great expertise." Over the top guru speak. Those are the people who don't know anything. So that's how the Denning Kruger effect works. So I often find the authors who I'm talking to, the aspiring authors, rather, they're the ones who need to have books on the shelf. They're the ones who need to be doing these these videos and these and these production, these interviews, not usually the people who are actually doing them. Those are the ones who are very, um, you know, a lot of fluff. It's very thin content that people can figure out for themselves from a quick Google search. So if you're the person who has a tendency to maybe self-censor or self-edit, go from broke, go bigger, go home on the page and tell it like it is without apologizing.
0: Awesome. Top tip. And then where can people find you, connect with you and, and message you, ask you questions?
1: A couple of different ways, if you're an aspiring author and you like this idea of writing a book, working on your book, not in your book, and having it be something that produces revenue beyond just the book sale, you can head on over to entrepreneurswordsmith.com. Really cool tool there, a book ideas generator. To get a winning book idea that's gonna have some sizzle to it, all you have to do is type in your product or service or industry and the type of people that you serve and it will spit out in a matter of 10 seconds or less different winning book ideas based on your area of expertise.
0: I was actually really playing with tool. that.
1: I was yes, playing
0: yes. with that. It's such an awesome tool. I would highly recommend it to do with it. I'll put the link down for you for for that um, on the show notes.
1: Awesome. Yes, no opt-in required there. And if you are an aspiring ghostwriter, hearing me today is like, wow, oh, I think I'd like to work with the type of clients that Joshua does, go from being a freelance writer or copywriter to this world of, of big money ghostwriting head on over to ghostwriteandprosper.com. There I have a free training called uh, The Seven Myths About Ghostwriting That Keep Most Freelancers Broke. So that's the, 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 the training that's over there. Go check that out if you're an aspiring ghostwriter who would like to get the big money projects.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your story and, and your wisdom. And uh, yeah, wish you the best of luck.
1: It's been my pleasure today. Thank, thank you. you
0: thank you for listening to another episode of only the brave have fun i hope you got some great value and insights from this episode and if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur then i have some great free resources for you if you visit www.jazzbeararora.com that's www.jazzbeararora.com and drop me a line i will send you a ebook and also a one-hour masterclass and also um go and take the escape the nine to five survey which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur and if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss then yeah once again visit the website and i'll be more than happy to help you thank you for listening